Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Sunday Recap, a weekly edition of the Grace Bible Church podcast, where we talk about life and faith based off of our sermon this past Sunday. For recordings of our sermons, for more podcasts, to submit any questions or comments you have, visit begrace.org podcast. For more information about Grace Bible Church, visit begrace.org. I'm Joey Clone, one of the assistant pastors here. I'm Chris Webster, the assistant pastor of Maracas and Mobile Phones. Mm. I'm Dave McMurray, teaching pastor. Well, before we start, I thought it would be good, since we don't have any sponsors, to make our announcements our sponsor spots. Mm. Um, I was thinking, what's another way to get our information out? Mm-hmm. Here's one. So, our announcements this week were about women's study, which starts this week mm-hmm. on Thursday from 9 to 11.30 a.m., the Boom. slide said that child care is provided. Mm-hmm. People can go to begrace.org slash women, not women, women, mm. and th- or they could email women at begrace.org. They've got two studies this time, right? Do you know what they are? Yes. I want marriage s- and character of God. There it is. Boom. The marriage and character of God. And people can choose or they'll be assigned they based off of their choose. demographics. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, okay. They evaluate your problems and they stick you in the right study. <laughs> you have to take the Myers-Briggs test and the Enneagram mm-hmm. and then they'll decide which study you get? Yes. All right. <laughs> well, Kathy will, Just I'm sure, be happy to do that. <laughs> um, the next announcement we had was Centex Men's Conference, which is January 24th to the 26th. Mm. The theme this year is Stronger Together. Uh, it's not technically something our church puts on it's a mm-hmm. coalition of churches right and mm-hmm. we just join in with them yep and that are they at camp tejas camp tejas camp yep. tejas about and two hours from here i think no it's not that far hour and a half i don't know depending on which side of the county you're coming from, so yep that's very true <laughs> uh, yeah i always mess it up i'm like oh no that's like an hour away and like well from my house that's 45 minutes away yeah oh yeah well i guess that makes sense but uh, for information about that, you can go to centraltexasmc.com. That's C-E-N-T-R-A-L-T-E-X-A-S-M-C.com. And then Julia also has information. So I can email office at begrace.org. Mm-hmm. But the men's conference, we don't do like a shuttle or anything. People get no, there on their I own. I always encourage guys to grab a buddy and just do buddy system. Drive down with somebody. Mm, find a friend. Find a friend. Make him come with you and mm-hmm. make him drive you. Mm. That's, that's the way the to best. do it. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> I believe it. And there's uh, some, one of Texas' best uh, barbecue places along the way, but I can't remember where it is. So go Google that, figure it out. Also probably depends which way you take to get there. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think if you go through Austin, which is out of the way, you end up stopping at some great east of Austin barbecue place. Yeah, I think that's probably the worst way to get there, even from Colleen, to <laughs> yeah. go through Austin. So don't do that. Take the but if you live in Austin, that is the best way to go. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> or, or if you live in El Paso, probably, yeah. too. Yes, yes. Our El Paso listeners. Dear El Paso listeners. <laughs> I did check our... Um, gosh, this is so off topic. I did check our listenership and where people are listening from, mm-hmm. and uh, only 1% of people listen from El Paso, which mm. probably means that either one person or no people listen from El Paso. So <laughs> our El Paso joke should live on in light of that, I think. Yes. Good. And How many then, from Ireland? Did you double check that? I didn't double check. Okay. I just checked El Paso since we talk about it so much. Okay. <laughs> I did notice that more people listen from Dallas than from Colleen, mm. um, which is what? strange to me. Wow. Hi, Dallas people. But Hello, I'm talking friends. to you. Yeah. I don't I know, know one if that's factual or not. From Dallas that listens. He just, we just chatted about it the other day. Part of me thinks that some of our internet in Colleen tells mm. your internet that you're from dallas 
Mm, I don't yeah. know if that's accurate or not, but mm-hmm. sometimes my devices will be like, oh, you're searching from Dallas. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I've had that happen too. Yeah. So it's that's part of, of the interwebs. Part of my, uh, my thought on that one. But okay. then the final announcement this week was Hope Pregnancy Center uh, training on January. Well, it wasn't actually the final announcement. The final mm-hmm. announcement was about the newcomer's lunch, but that already happened. So yeah, forget that. I was gonna let that slide. Mm-hmm. So Hope <laughs> Pregnancy awesome. Center is having a training. We want to send people to, if you're looking for a place to volunteer in the community, mm-hmm. uh, to do good work, Hope Pregnancy Center. Hope Pregnancy Center is training on January 30th and 31st. The trainings are from 8.30 to 2, assuming both days. And you would probably have to be at both. But Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know what days of the week that is. But there's training in Colleen and Temple and in Coppers Cove. People can go to hopepc.com. That's H-O-P-E-P-C.com. They can click get involved, click volunteer after that. And there's information about the training. Or if you're in Colleen, you can call Carrie George. I mm-hmm. think that's how you would pronounce that name. Yes. It's spelt a little differently than the common spelling. But um, that phone number is 254-519-3343. So women's studies starting this week. Sentex Men's Conference at the end of this month. Well, really just in a week or so. Mm-hmm. And Hope Pregnancy a little bit after that. So mm-hmm. get involved. Good stuff. Uh, bgrace.org slash announce, right? For all our announcements. Just kidding. I don't know. I, I'm going to do it every week. I'm going to make, gonna make, make up, up a, a web link. Don't go to don't that go one. Go that one's actually a real website, huh? Yes. How about bgrace.org slash announcements? I'm going to make up websites every week. One day someone right. will call us and say, I tried to go to your website and it said, this yes. site doesn't exist. I'm going to make bgrace.org slash Joey and just have propaganda about you then. <laughs> do it. Do it. Well, let's talk so about good. this week. Uh, we're starting a little bit later today and people got to go, so we got to be quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, I can't just push play two times faster to make us record two times mm-hmm. faster. It doesn't but work you, like that. You cool. can, dear listener. Yeah, you can, <laughs> but it will be even faster then because we're trying to be quick today. So mm-hmm. in light of trying to be quick... Today was our second week of our Titus series, Church is Not What You Think, week number two. Uh, This week we're in Titus chapter one still, uh, looking at verses five through nine, with our sermon being Cultivate Good Fruit. Um, Kind of a part one of a two-part series. Next Mm -hmm. week will be Cultivate Bad Fruit. Exactly. Perfect. Or cut off (laughs) and burn the bad fruit. Oh, burn the bad fruit. (laughs) Pruning. It's about pruning next week. That's a better way to say it. so this text this week focuses on leaders, mm-hmm. technically, right? This mm-hmm. is um, Paul writing to Titus, telling him, hey, I left you there. We talked about this last week. I left you there to... No, we didn't. That was a greeting last week. This week yeah. he says, I left you there to appoint elders and leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk, You talked a good bit about elders having lots of different uh, words that can be used mm-hmm. for those titles, but really it just means leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you talked a little bit about how it still applies to all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe real quick we can recap some of that. Um, why does this text, even though it's written to Titus, mm. discussing how to appoint leaders in the church, how does that apply to all of us? Mm. Good call. So general character qualifications that are repeated throughout the New Testament for all Christians. So that's kind of the easy way to go with it. And then I'm trying to look up the cross-reference real quick. There's the passage in Peter where he says that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. priesthood. Um, So it's this idea that we are 
kind of a people or a nation of kings and priests, and that's what it means to be a Christian. So there's a sense in which Christians, no matter what your role in the church, we're all called to be leaders in our community. So in that sense, it also applies. Um, so that's a tricky thing. You know, you're trying to walk the line of saying, yes, we actually believe in official leaders. We have officers. We have leaders. We believe in that. But also, all Christians have kind of a general burden of ministry and leadership that we carry. I thought, it, and I thought it was helpful as as we think through these things too. Of we talked a little bit about this, but um, so there's two types of people. At least there's people who are power hungry and like, oh, of course, mm. I want to be a leader. And yeah. uh, you know, I can't relate as well to that. <laughs> I'm more the guy that's like, I don't really want to be in charge of everything. Um, mm-hmm. But that, I think so for people like me, that's helpful as you're going through to to say kind of like. Where am I tempted to let myself off the hook hmm. of being a leader? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I actually am in that role, so it's a little different. But for for you know, just people in the congregation, are like, where would I rather not be a leader so I wouldn't have to be held to that standard? Hmm. And that's a really good question to keep asking. I thought during hmm. during this whole discussion, you know, yeah. And just a shout out to y'all's help on Thursday. We do a sermon run through on Thursdays and. Dear listener, Chris and Joey were both very helpful to me. So I think I was focusing too much on leaders, and y'all kind of helped me adjust it a little more so that it focused on the congregation. Yeah, and the the idea with us saying, hey, let's make a change in this direction was, Mm -hmm. you know, people who aspire to leadership in the church, the Bible says that's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so this is a model for what all Christians should aspire to and all Christians should be. So Mm -hmm. it's not like they're saying this is exclusive and this is, Mm -hmm. you know, super unlikely that anyone could ever be this right this right. is them saying hey look for people who are like this and make mm-hmm. them the leaders in your church mm-hmm. it's what what people should be looking towards yeah. being and then everybody else if you're not like this start becoming like this yeah yeah so so that's kind of the the idea do you want to talk a little bit i know we're trying to be quick do you want to talk a little <laughs> bit about how our church does leadership so in the sermon you said mm-hmm. i don't want to talk about this if you want to nerd out later yeah we can talk about it later so now we can nerd I, out i would imagine this is the place for that if yeah. if we wanted to yeah so maybe i guess you mentioned episcopalians mm-hmm. and presbyterians in your service right mm-hmm. you mentioned those two so maybe real quick what are those two models of leadership and then what does ours look like or not it's yeah, okay cool. if not. uh episcopals would mark out a bishop as having a different place than a pastor or elder i don't even think they use the term elder i have to I have to look that up, but they have more of a hierarchy, kind of like the Catholic Church. You know, they're all slight variations, but Episcopals have the hierarchy where a a bishop will lead other pastors and elders uh, in a kind of higher rank, lower rank sense. Um, and we don't have that. Uh, Presbyterians have something kind of similar, but it's pretty close to what we do, where they have what you would call teaching elders and ruling elders. Um, that's pretty close to what we do. Um, so in their setup, a teaching elder is sometimes seen almost like a bishop, like a higher rank, because only he can do baptism in the Lord's Supper, but he still serves on the same board with the ruling elders. Um, so the ruling elders are like the laymen that are trained and godly and meet these qualifications, but they're not like professional pastors that have been to seminary. And then the teaching elder is the one that's usually got more training and has passed more rigorous tests um, to prove that he can teach and stuff. Um, so they have that division of guys that serve on the same elder council or elder board. And then they have their kind of hierarchy and checks and balances on that as a denomination is they send representatives then to 
to group meetings. They call them presbytery meetings where they'll have Which like is a kind regional, of regional yeah. yeah, regional and then national. And um, so that's a cool system. Ours is uh, probably in between Presbyterian and Baptist, I guess. So Baptists tend to just have one elder uh, called the pastor. Um, and then he has some deacons that help him. Sometimes, you know, bigger church has assistant pastors and stuff as well. Um, but they usually don't have lay elders. That's changing, though. And so a lot more Baptist churches now are doing what we do, which is senior pastor who is helped by lay pastors called elders, um, and they rule on a board. Now, specifically at our church, we just redid our constitution to kind of try to clarify some of that and say, in the Bible, elder and pastor and bishop, all those terms are used interchangeably. So if you got that term, you got to be held to the same qualifications. You know, like you, you've got to meet these qualifications in Titus 1 and in 1 Timothy 3. Um, and you've got to be able to able to teach and refute uh, false doctrine um, and have godly character. And so kind of meet these basic qualifications. But in our church, we said... You know, First Timothy five seventeen says you've got different kinds of elders, and some elders that spend more time, and some elders that get more pay. And so, with that concept that Paul spells out in First Timothy five seventeen, it's kind of okay to have these elders working on this and those elders working on that. So we have checks and balances in our church where uh, we have an elder board. Um, currently, this the way our constitution's written, the senior pastor is always on the elder board, and the assistant pastors. Um, are not necessarily on the elder board. They can be added, but we're aiming for having more lay elders, more like non-paid elders on our board to be a kind of check and balance on paid staff is kind of the idea. So right now we're kind of short. We only have, um, we have two paid elders. Once full-time, that's me. Once part-time, that's Jim Wilson. And then two unpaid. And then we've got uh, two full-time pastors that are not on the elder board and we need more according to our system what we want to do where our elders were working on bringing on more lay elders or more unpaid elders this year so. how does that work here how does somebody mm-hmm. get brought on as an elder i know it's mm-hmm. all so it's all spelled out in the constitution mm-hmm. uh which i don't know the website address that and i don't want, want to pretend one slash constitution Okay, sure. Begrace.org slash constitution. There you go. So you could read it all there, but Mm -hmm. just real quick, how does that work here? Can somebody say, I think this person's elder material? Yeah, I mean, so really it's self-perpetuating with the elder board, um, but it has to be confirmed by the congregation. So people could recommend to the elders, or the elders could just come up with a name. You know, where the name comes from doesn't matter all that much, but elders have to vet other new elder candidates, meet with them, observe their life, check recommendations and references. And then once we decide we want to bring on the elder, we have to give the congregation a two-week period to respond and give us concerns they may have. So the way it's written, our elders have final authority to disagree with the congregation. You know, so it's not a vote that can, can it's not a vote in that sense, but it's kind of like we're stupid if we don't listen to the congregation, you know? <laughs> so... So anyway, just to clarify, you know, some in some organizations, the vote stands and what, you know, it's a majority rule. But in our congregation, it's like we have to pull the congregation, see what they say. And if there are a lot of concerns, I'm sure we would back down or reconsider. But that's never actually happened. But that could happen. Cool. So if somebody listened to your sermon and said, man, this person might fit that bill, mm-hmm. they could they could recommend, yeah. recommend somebody. And, we, and that's happened. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the names we've 
talked about as an elder board, people have said, hey, we should think about this guy. You know, he's a really solid guy. So, Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about this, uh, your three main points, I guess. I was mm-hmm. going to say this week, but that was this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your three main points this week are cultivate healthy families, comes from verse 6, cultivate good habits from verse 7 and 8, mm-hmm. and cultivate life-giving teaching from verse 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cultivating healthy families, um, that section is the section that talks about being blameless, above reproach, mm-hmm. uh, one woman man. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked a bit about discipline and delight with children. Um, any thoughts on cultivating healthy families? Hmm. You can't take a long time. We're trying to be quick. I know. <laughs> try. That's ugh, People mm-hmm. don't try very often. Um, and I think apprentice yourself to mentor couples, wise people, follow around wise people. You can learn from people in books. You can follow real people and you can have lunch with them and say, hey, how do you do it? You've been married 30 years. Why, you know, how do you keep loving each other? Um, how do you, how do you raise your children? What'd you do about this? What'd you do about that? Um, there's, there's a plethora of people out there that love Jesus that could help you if you want to learn from them. Um, so I would say that's, we should do that. Mm-hmm. That's been hugely helpful. My wife and I'll just say by testimony, my wife and I got married coming out of a broken home and we had this, we have no idea what we're doing kind of desperations. So we were very hungry for that. And, and, uh, yeah, just spent time with people, read books, went to conferences, ate lunch with people, and at Quizdom, you know, interviewed people, uh, watched people. And that was really helpful. So that's ways that one could initiate. Uh, I guess the church is initiating. We have a marriage class, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that meets on Sundays during the second hour mm-hmm. in the plaza, so 10.45 to noon in yep. the plaza. Uh, other ways that the church, does the church have other things for working on your marriage and your family? Yeah, we've offered different uh, conferences and retreats. There's one that's all over the country. So for all of you listeners internationally, uh, it's called Weekend to Remember by Family Life. All over the country, internationally? El Paso and Ireland, that kind of thing. Um, (laughs) So I would look that up. It really is a good conference. It's Weekend to Remember by Family Life. And uh, we've had some ministry partners that have done occasional seasonal marriage conferences and I don't know when the next one is or if, if they're even planning on doing one anytime soon uh, but we sometimes will advertise things like that um, more locally uh, counseling I mean just going to biblical counseling can be really helpful having a third party just kind of help you be objective um, working things out I'm trying to think what else what else would y'all recommend I mean I think uh, you were just t- Joe. You were just talking about the men's conference. I think some mm. great just conversations, getting away for a second to think about, <laughs> get out of the get out of the foxhole for a second and talk with other dudes, and uh, yeah. don't let it be a time to to moan about <laughs> you know the hard things only mm-hmm. or or to bad talk <laughs> mm-hmm. your wife or your family, but really to, to have that shared burden and to to mm. to know you're not alone. Because I think I guess this is my experience and maybe y'all can say it's different or not, but just the terror of realizing how, uh, how open-ended it is or just, mm-hmm. just these moments of like, I literally have no idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or maybe even I know what I'm supposed to be doing and it's just terrifyingly hard or terrifyingly mm. uh, frustrating. And, and so just having this moment to take a breath and to have others around you say, no, it's okay and you're going to be okay. And especially, I, I think uh, this men's conference, especially they do have the older men who've been through the war and can kind of talk back and say, you're going to survive, just mm-hmm. stick to the, you know, stick to these things. and Do the basics. Yeah. So I think that that's one thing is just taking time to to get out with, with other people that will encourage you. And that's one thing I was going to say through this whole sermon too, of like, you talked you talk for a second about elders not being just a single person in a vacuum, but often mm-hmm. it's it's team. a it's a team. Mm-hmm. But you can have a good team or a bad team around you, as mm-hmm. as we know that as believers. So being a, being very careful about are your friends, you know, just bad talking their wives, or you know, for wives yeah. are they just bad talking their husbands? Like, are they actually encouraging you to follow this pattern we're we're reading about today? Um, and so, yeah, surround yourself with the friends that really are saying, you can do it, stick to it, mm-hmm. we love you. Like, that's that's super huge. So, Well, and the mm-hmm. friends that help you, right? You talked yeah. on this point about, you know, some of you might not be parents, but, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we have friends who definitely are, like, <laughs> come in and they're the aunt or the uncle who mm-hmm. is, you know, helping with the uh, you, delight and discipline, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so if you're not the parent, be that person too yeah. like come yeah. also and and if you are the parent have those people in your life mm-hmm. um who help you parent right we have a friend who mm-hmm. is not afraid to tell claudia like claudia like <laughs> your parents nope. said this do yeah. this like <laughs> yeah so reinforcements cool. yeah I, I got to be that when i was doing youth work and that really helped me learn about parenting and marriage so you know coming over to a family's house for dinner when i was single and then just watching them and getting to be, kind of be a part of their family was really helpful. Mm, shout out to uh, Lisa Allman last night. She sat next to me at the concert oh, last yeah. night. And mm. she probably held Joseph more than I did last <laughs> night. So, and fed him more popcorn and yep. hot dogs than I did. So yep. thanks. You did um, some high quality baby juggling. <laughs> I, I was going to say too, that should always be said, but may, it shouldn't go without saying <laughs> prayer like praying mm. about this and mm-hmm. i am struck by the the double-sidedness the t- the two the two wins there are are actually yeah interaction with god and lifting it up to him but also this mm-hmm. sense of this is outside of my control i think that was what was a li- little mm. scary about the family thing is we do know super godly parents that have mm-hmm. kids that just went off the rails and so mm-hmm. we know that's not like you talk, did a great job talking about it's, it doesn't mean perfect it doesn't mean without sin because none of us are Mm-hmm. Um, but I think prayer is a consistent reminder that it is not about your perfect strength or your perfect mm-hmm. strategy. It is about God's intervention always. Like yeah. they will be evil, horrible sinners without the intervention of God. And, mm-hmm. and you're a tool that he uses, but it's mm-hmm. not all up to you. So prayer really is helpful too in marriage. Just, this is very technique ish, but I've read stats that say that couples that pray together much higher, you know, staying together ratio or whatever, you know, however mm-hmm. you would say that. I don't know the right way to say it, but that it's like a huge factor of, you know, they go to church together. Okay, that seems to improve a marriage. They talk to each other. That seems to improve, but couples that actually pray together, that's like a huge spike in mm-hmm. in faithfulness and happiness in marriage. Cool. So because the text focuses on leaders and focuses on 
I guess therefore focuses on men mm. somewhat. You used your application of this point to mostly talk to men, mm-hmm. and your application was um, uh, it was men put down the video games, <laughs> which and uh, ten men stormed out of the room. <laughs> well, right. Well, I mean, there's a lot of broken glass at the church uh, last night. Yeah. Oh, weird. <laughs> and we put in so much glasses last year. Um, <laughs> I just want to um, be on your team and your side on this one and help you in saying to everyone that you didn't actually, like, your application isn't to the video game player. Mm -hmm. Um, You're using video games as a general term for things that are just distracting or things that Mm -hmm. um, would take you away from your family that that aren't really necessarily that beneficial or that Mm -hmm. healthy because... yes. Video game players might feel attacked. I don't yes. know. I'm um, sorry, video game. Don't players. know who they are, but I mean, it it was like a a single sided, not yeah. slight, but mm-hmm. it was like an attack on one little group. Yeah. But really, that wasn't what you were I doing. Should have said, put down Facebook, put down video games, put down your newspaper, put down your golf clubs. But you know, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to help you in clarifying yes. that that's that's what you meant. You went yes. put away the distractions, put away the things that mm-hmm. are causing you to not do your job, right? Yeah. Um. And then your second application there was about um, interacting with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Talk, listen, um, take the initiative. I was really struck by the whole, we're aliens, we don't understand each other, we're different. But Ephesians 5 says men take the initiative, you know, enter her world. Um, so I think there's a weird ego thing that men struggle with where we want to, we think leadership means dragging her into our world or something you know like we have this concept of i'm supposed to lead which means i'm supposed to make her like me which is not necessarily what leadership is especially not in this servant leadership concept so or the complete other side the, uh-huh. the romanticizing of her pursuing me or ah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah i think yeah. i see that a lot too yeah and that's a i think that's a thing we got to wrestle with is yeah. We don't just wait for her to like come to me for, you know. And having to work at it. I mean, I think that's, I wish I'd, you know, every, everything I always wish I had more time on. But yeah, I'm better at talking to my wife after 26 years than I was at one year by far, by mm-hmm. a million miles. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I was terrible at it when I first got married. Like, I didn't know how to carry on a conversation very well, you know. Um, so I just think the working at it and the initiating and trying trying to talk to your wife and trying to listen better and I think that's an important journey to embark on. And I think it was this point, but I guess you basically were saying that um, the the two ways men decide not to be the leader they're supposed to be is either by becoming overbearing and mm-hmm. um, I guess mm-hmm. just domineering. There you go, domineering, mm-hmm. or by abdicating, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so by just giving up their authority and not doing mm-hmm. anything, mm-hmm. and that 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 was the section, right? Yeah, Maybe. it was kind of more the intro when I was talking about male leadership. Yeah, but it it still applies here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It all blurs together. It all Sorry. blurs together. <laughs> well, <laughs> one topic. We've got twenty one minutes left before Dave has to be walking out the door. Uh, <laughs> Let's see so, if I can just slip out and nobody notices. <laughs> it may or may not work. I would guess. I would guess not. Uh, so point two is cultivate good habits. Verse seven and eight. You wanna any Chris? You have any main points from that one or main questions from that one? Um. Gosh, I guess my, uh, my I just had a 
application personal kind of question of what you you, t- you said the um, either work on your Bible reading or praying. And so I was just going to ask you guys like what that looks like this mm. year or, you know, just, just what are your rhythms of that right mm-hmm. now? And, and maybe, maybe in the non job sense, maybe in the, you know, just, I don't know. I know we get, we have the luxury of, of this extra reading and extra praying with the people, but yeah, what's kind of a lay thing look mm. like, or I don't know. I want to start doing the prayer card thing, like in the book of praying life. It's my favorite book and it's radically changed my praying but I haven't done the actual card application very consistently. Uh, I've tried the what, app. What is an app? So it's basically you make a card for all the people that you're going to be praying for consistently. Hmm. You write down needs as they express them to you, and then you find a key verse to pray for them. So I, I did I did something like that a couple of years ago, was praying key verses for people, but it was on an app. And I find that the app on the phone, I just am so easily pulled away into other apps and distracted and... Hmm. So I'm going to try paper, which sounds probably stupid. I mean, I was doing much the same thing with an app, but I think maybe actual paper cards in my pocket might work better. So, and is that like a every morning thing? Is that just as you think of it thing? Or I how have does that- daily and weekly. Um, and yeah, just like key people, family members, people I work with, that kind of stuff. So, in yeah. the past at our house, we've had cards at a meal. Uh-huh. So we ah, cool. remember pull them out at a meal. Mm. That's nice. You can kind of just, just leave them. them on the table almost. That's cool. That's a good idea, actually. Uh, I think one option, which I th- I think you talked about it on mm-hmm. s- on Sunday, was the navigator's method of Bible memory is really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, Topical yeah. memory system. They have a really nice app for memorizing Bible verses. Stop it. We're not talking about apps. We said no apps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean at one point I yeah. I think in my cargo pocket and my army uniform had mm-hmm. like this big old stack of index cards and me and one other friend, whenever we like, mm-hmm. we would just go through them like crazy. So yeah, I think that's, that's a really good method. Yeah. That's so um, good. I am. Um, this is, this is an important one for me, the prayer thing, because I just am one of those people that really struggles with not hearing audibly back in a conversation. Right. So it mm. just really feels like just, for, I don't know, maybe that's everybody, but this, it really does feel like launching words into the air into, you know, and mm-hmm. just, okay, there it is, you know? So I've always struggled with that. Um, we just started doing a 24 hour prayer thing every second Monday. And so I signed up for an hour there and that's been really helpful. Um, we have those prayer brochures actually have like 31 topics to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been mm-hmm. super helpful, even just to read through that and really guide my thoughts. I, I think having a creative brain actually gives me a scatter brain too. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm easily distracted, but I would also say weird, weird. So for people like me, weird things that have helped of actually, um, will listen to specific instrumental music when I'm praying, let give a soundtrack to it, which sounds strange, but mm-hmm. it really cuts out the, uh, squirrel thing. Like what's happening over in that corner of the room? Who's saying mm-hmm. that over there? I prefer the um, Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack. There you <laughs> go. Well, I was going to say uh, the one I recommend actually is, um, Austin Stone has three albums called The Reveille. Um, mm-hmm. And so those are pretty good. But anyway, any anything like that, I think really, like especially at home, talk, speaking to moms and dads, right? It's really helpful to just tell your kids, hey, I'm, I'm reading my Bible now. Put in some earbuds, isolating noise things, and put that on and just really not be available for 10 minutes at least or something. So if they, you can do that safely. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Uh, so anyway, that's, that was something I was going to say. Um, 
and just you're not alone if it's hard. Um, do it with scripture too. We do the psalm thing, praying through the praying the Bible is another book I'd recommend. It's really short and really good, just a method for reading and praying the psalms. So, um, Bible reading real fast. I know you got to go, but. I'm doing a chronological read through a year. I started in April, I think, um, and I've really enjoyed it. I'm listening to it. It's the U version. Uh, cool. We and we have a a program at the church that we wrote a few years ago that we still put out for people, and it's semi chronological. I would say we kind of tried to um, take the main stories and do those chronologically, and then beyond that, we do the kind of Old Testament, New Testament. Um, back and forth so that you're reading a balance of both. Yeah, I, th- I think listening is really good. Mm-hmm. I uh, at one point had, back when CDs were the thing, you know, mm-hmm. I had a big CD binder that oh, I had yeah. bought of like a, uh, I don't, a dramatic mm-hmm. reading, but it was all yeah, the Bible. Cool. It was really good. I haven't done listening in a long time, so mm-hmm. maybe I'll look into that this mm-hmm. time. There was an, another app there's some app people are talking about right now that's like a really good bible listening app do dwell. you guys know dwell, dwell. Uh, I've, I've sampled someone it someone told me about it you can change the music you can change the volume of the music and voice so like if you like the music louder or quieter you can pick the oh. voice so there's a lot of customization it's really nice cool. so you can have ambient music well, or piano music will morgan or, freeman read it to me <laughs> no but you might no, but be able to get Vader. a voice close to that Darth yeah. Vader. there's several kind of like <laughs> so weird British, South African, you know, other English accents that I can't name. Type but that one costs yeah. money, right? Doesn't it? Twelve. Yeah, it's it not very money. expensive. I think yeah. it's thirty dollars for a year. I mm. I was thinking I would do it after I finished my current plan. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing um, a two year U version Bible reading plan. I, I just I don't like. Oh, well, <laughs> I do the one year thing every once in a while, but it's so much. I I love to soak and slow down. So I'm doing mm-hmm. two years a little slower. I also do the reap method. I would recommend for oh, people because yeah. actually pulling out. Um, so it's read, examine, apply, and pray. And there's a bunch of resources out there. I'm sure you could find, but um, really writing out, knowing I'm underlining, and then I'm gonna mm-hmm. take notes and and I'll try to apply it has really been helpful for my mind. So there's some ideas mm, for you dear listener good some yeah. ways you can cultivate good habits mm-hmm. and that kind of covers your application for this section even too right yeah okay cool i just so here's a random idea just came to me maybe it's a bad one but you're talking about how we struggle with not hearing back from god mm-hmm. and i think a really cool project would be to start writing down your most common prayers and then do a Bible study to say, what are God's answers? You know, like, mm-hmm. he's got answers to that in the Word. Go find those. You know, I think that'd be a cool idea. Anyway. Definitely. I mean, I've I found myself sometimes with, like, seven things I'm worrying about. Mm-hmm. And I've literally done that bullet point out each one. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then Because it can be circular and yeah. we keep coming back to them, which I think is appropriate to keep praying those. But also, it, it, yeah. Yeah, it might be nice to go look up. I think also on the praying topic, with that in mind, I think sometimes I'm too purist about what praying is. Um, hmm. So don't write off songs, people songs that can be, who, who says praying twice? I mean, anyway, pr- songs are praying to God. Can mm-hmm. worship songs can be praying to God. Um, you know, journaling can be praying, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there's a sense in which we define it as it must be me with my eyes closed. Still, yeah. you just talk, you know, speaking in my head, but there's mm. this richer, this, yeah. this richer land of, of with the Bible open and and writing down things and singing things and so if you want to yeah when yeah. when my kids were younger my 
third child especially was was torturing me with sleep deprivation and <laughs> i would type my prayers because i couldn't mm. keep awake otherwise mm. like typing was the only way i could stay awake and pray wow. so i would type them out for... with your typewriter that's in your bathroom yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yes no, I actually did use a computer. At and that it kept time. waking up the baby. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense now. Now I know why she kept waking up. So it was a vicious circle. <laughs> uh, I think something something we focus on with the youth. So if you have a sixth through twelfth grader, mm-hmm. we try and pray together every you know every time we meet together, and including you know the students in praying. And mm. and the idea I stole from uh, Show Them Jesus mm. is the idea that there shouldn't be rules for prayer, right? Mm-hmm. We always think mm-hmm. like, mm. bow your heads, close your eyes, fold your hands, um, be silent, don't move mm-hmm. around. Like all of these things lead to that idea later on in life that like it has to be this very formal structure and mm-hmm. it, it only, it's like a math problem and can only be solved one way. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's true. Math problems, some, no, one way. Math problem? I don't know. I'm going to pretend like I didn't say that. There's, you- multi- <laughs> there's multiple ways on later on. Yeah. Singapore yeah. math. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, okay, keep going. It's, Make your point. Anyways, you. my you. my point is just that <laughs> in youth we're working on mm-hmm. just praying. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have yeah. to be this this big formal thing. And yeah. like sometimes somebody might say something that's funny, and I don't know. We might chuckle a little bit. I don't know. That's a bad example, I guess. But like we're mm-hmm. working on not making it this big deal. Like it's yeah. it's making our requests known to God, and mm-hmm. Him He hears our prayers. Like, yeah, I think that's huge. As someone who's done a lot of teaching and training yeah that leaks into my head a lot like wanting wanting to preach theologically rich prayers you know instead of just praying childish prayers to god and so i have to keep relearning that and uh yeah i think that's good it's a good exercise cool mm. well, that's some ways you can cultivate good habits you want to talk about cultivating life-giving teaching mm. or is that too um Focused on the leader of the church. We have 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I recommended four books, so I'll recommend those that I think are just good for lay people that are struggling with, like, what's this grace stuff mean? Uh, the most controversial is The Cure by John Lynch. It's kind of like a weird vision allegory type thing he has of, you know, going to one room that's a, a room of, like, earning and pretending and merit, and then another room that's more of a room of just complete grace and honesty. Um, and there's a lot more to the book than that. But I think it's really helpful, shocking people and breaking up our thinking about how God works. Um, and then three others that I think are much more kind of traditional Protestant, you know, grace-based teaching, uh, Prodigal God by Tim Keller, Transforming Grace by Jerry Bridges, and The Gospel-Centered Life by Thune and Walker. I mean, all four of those books have had a huge impact on my life and helped me to sort that stuff out. I think my big thought on this idea is that you might not be a teacher in the church or a leader Mm -hmm. in the church, but the way you live your life, the way you interact with people is Mm -hmm. teaching people, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially... I don't know. I'm I'm imagining, again, the individual who doesn't have kids, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a parent, you know you're a teacher or you should know you're a teacher for Mm -hmm. your children, right? And everything you do or don't do, everything you say or don't say, Mm -hmm. like, teaches your kids. I think that makes sense. But even, like, I mean, young, single people who are, you know, Mm -hmm. in the church and there's a kid that's sitting behind them, like, you're teaching them 
in ways that you don't even realize probably. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think everyone is a teacher to some degree. So how can you sure. make your life be teaching mm-hmm. well? I think I was just thinking while you're talking to you, if, I, I'm trying to find better, better ways to say this, but um, I think you said the cure, you know, I've been loving that book and yeah, wrestling with it too, but uh, <laughs> makes everybody mad at one point. <laughs> um, I think I love the idea of thinking of, of God's truth in the gospel as, as the cure. And I think it makes you really um, reevaluate how you're interacting with people. Like I was thinking, okay, for people who aren't speaking from a pulpit, how are you teaching? Um, and I think, I think just that really helps with the motivational side of things. If like, if we literally have the antidote to what people are dying from and, you know, are Mm -hmm. struggling with, then that take, you know, you you don't have to worry so much about your agenda for your friend. If you really believe this is the cure to to Mm -hmm. the deepest disease, you know, so, so there's these moments where you can, um, just try to offer truth and to teach in r- relational ways and to s- just try to help them understand one new aspect of God and not, again, not for just behavioral correction, like, oh, I see this acquaintance mm-hmm. over here that's, you know, l- living with her boyfriend and I need to fix that, but actually saying there is a deep disease and it's, it's mm-hmm. killing, it's going to kill her. Mm-hmm. And if I care for her, I just want to give one little drop of this that I can. Hmm. Um, does that make sense? So it's kind of a bundling yeah. of, it's a bundling of motivation and actually believing that what we, what we have it has power. Mm-hmm. And also um, just your approach to other people when you're teaching, you're not just downloading information, you're offering life. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's helpful to me. We need to do more of it, but yeah. Mm. So good. Thanks, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on life-giving teaching? I know we're being very brief. Mm-hmm. I just think uh, a theological point or expository point that I was trying to make is I would just say go back and read the Gospels and see how Jesus fought with Bible teachers. And so there's this whole repeated theme that Paul comes to in our text, and we'll hit it more next week, and that Jesus handled in a different way, and that is there are Bible teachers that are not giving life, that are not teaching grace. Mm. And then there are Bible teachers that are. So there, really, there are two ways to teach the Bible. I mean, I'm sure there's 20, but biblically, <laughs> there are two main ways that are talked about, a bad way and a good way. And I think we just need to wrestle with that because a lot of us, if we're religious or church people, we think, oh, all that matters is someone quoted a Bible verse and that, that's, that's not enough. You know, It's got to be more than that. Yeah, and it's really a hard thing, I think, especially <laughs> with social media, man. I mean... I just ran across a quote and I'm not even, it was about, it was about politics or something, but Mm -hmm. it basically said that there's, there's these, um, these factions that are, there's something that's tempting about us. They're like one side that is super exciting and wrong. (laughs) And there's another side that's rather normal and boring, but right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think that's how biblical truth that we're familiar with can be. And so, I don't know. Just be careful of the packaging. You know, I I think there really is like, it's cool to hear a poetic new Mm. way of saying it or thinking about it. And that can be really helpful, but also hype, hype can be misleading. So, you know, whenever you're, (laughs) whenever you're seeing that, that one minute video and uh, I don't know, we're just so quick to share 
this thing that really feels good and and i think i wish we could slow down and process a little more often you know in our mm-hmm. in our tweets and our <laughs> posts and things like that like because it really yeah we want to continue to make the gospel beautiful um but we need to be careful about beautiful shiny things that may not be true they just feel mm-hmm. feel nice so mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. that's random but yeah no i think it's good we are basically out of time. Mm. I'm sorry. This will be the probably the shortest podcast we ever had. Mm. And I'm sorry and you're welcome at the same time. <laughs> yes. I did want to give a quick shout out this week to the band and the sound engineer. Oh, yeah. Felt like the mix was on point. The band was on point this week. Uh, I was mm-hmm. going to say that you stole the show, but that felt like the wrong thing to say. <laughs> so I'll just tell you that that's what I was, was awesome. going to say. Um, just don't say it. Thanks, so man. If, if Kendrick. It's, Good if, job, Kendrick. If it's legal to do, I'd like to, to end our episode by playing out one of the songs from this week. So Ooh, if yeah. that happens, then it was legal to do. And if it doesn't, then this is the end of the episode. <laughs> Goodbye.
his hand Leave the rest in the Father's hands I will rest in the Father's hands Leave the